This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, April 8th, apparently, and today we are handing out some waiver wire awards. We will talk shallow league pickup of the year, standard league waiver pickup, some silly season heroes, and much more. To do this, I'm joined by Jonas Nader, who writes the waiver wired column on NBC Sports Edge, also wears an NBC Sports Edge polo, and Steve Alexander. And guys, we, we've basically made it. I mean, Steve, like, I, I think about how we do these waiver pods. Every time you tell us the schedule for next week, there is no schedule for next week. And I just I just thought we should... Steve, tell us the play-in schedule for the Lakers. Matt, I was sitting here as we were getting ready to go live. You know, we were getting ready to do it live. And yeah. I was like, why am I even here? I mean, there is no schedule for me to, to look at. Um, but then I realized that there might be an award named after something that I have something to do with. And I was like, oh, that's why they invited me. Yeah. So you're here because this is you've never been more excited about anything. And well, we need <laughs> we need a consensus. We're going to try to vote on these. OK, our panel of three. We're going to try to reach a consensus on these awards. If we're, if it's a split panel, though, we're just going to move on. I mean, we, we're not going to sit here and try to, you know, uh, break the stalemate all day long. Right. So. And I, I should also say, Jonas, you wrote up some awards on NBC Sports Edge, and we'll kind of get to that a little bit. But we're kind of doing a podcast-specific version of awards to start. Anything you want to add there? No, yours are perfect. When I saw your idea this morning, I got really excited, dude. Like, honestly, I was super <laughs> pumped. So some of these are going to be absolutely hilarious, and I can't wait to get into it and just vent a little bit, too, because we're nice. at that point, right? Yeah. And by the way, if you're watching live with us, Feel free to throw in comments as we go through these. And and maybe, Steve, that could be one of your jobs. If you see any relevant comments, additions, maybe a, maybe a viewer has a suggestion that kind of makes it into the conversation and ends up being a late nominee. You never know. That could happen. Crazier things have happened. So yeah, I do I do a lot better at stuff when I have a specific specific task that I'm told just, to to do. Yeah. So now that you've said that, I, I'm I feel better. Also, before we get into this, I just want to give a shout out to our friends, friends of the show, Guster, who became even more famous than they already were when Matt Norlander's laptop had the uh, Guster is for lover sticker on it right behind Coach K's face for the entire first half of uh, Saturday's Final Four game. And Brian Rosenworcel and his band Guster were tw- Branding on Twitter, Matt. It was a it was a big day, big day for us here at the studio. Wow, wow, and of course, I mean Isaiah Hartenstein, Hartenstein. You can't say Brian Rosenworcel around here without saying that name. So you can't forever you can't. engraved in our brains. All right, so let's start with the award that I would argue is most fresh on our mind. This is the silly season hero of the year. These are obviously the players who saved our fantasy squads when things went inevitably haywire. I'm going to throw four nominees at you guys. Okay, actually. Well, four, and and if you guys have anyone to add, please do. You've got Bruce Brown, okay? From March 1st onward, he's around 14 points, five and a half rebounds, nearly four assists, a steal, a block, and a three. Goga, we know what Goga Patadze did. 
He was pretty solid when he played. Drew Eubanks averaged nearly 15 points, nine rebounds down the stretch. Trendon Watford, Jonas Tails, as you said, will be told of his bravery in our in our battle in the Company League final. Some would argue Alexei Pokashevsky should be in there, but uh, that's kind of the top four or five. Jonas, anyone you want to add when you when you hear that list? No, these are exactly the four <laughs> I, I I thought about in my mind. And like you said, Watford, when we played in that ma- matchup, the finals matchup, I swear, he was the one player in your team I was legit worried about. You have all these studs, <laughs> and I'm just looking at Watford, just putting like 19, 10, and 5. I'm like, okay, how many more games does Watford have this week? So. Yeah. As good as he was, though, I think it's got to go with Drew Eubanks for this reason. Like, this is a silly season. This guy is not supposed to be here. He's had yeah. four 10 day contracts and then put up top 50 numbers for the past month. For me, all of these guys are like NBA regular rotation players, except for Eubanks. He came out of nowhere, right? So, for that mm-hmm. reason, I think Drew Eubanks is my clear answer here. Steve, where do you land on this? Well, I'm a little offended. At least you mentioned him. But the fact that uh, Alexei Pokashevsky is not involved in this list is a little offensive to me, Matt. And I'm I'm not very happy about it. I, although, had he played this this past week, he maybe he would be on the list. But since they decided to shelve him for Jalen Horde, who all of a sudden, talk about a waiver wire hero of the mm-hmm. at least the second to last week of the season. That guy was yeah. nuts, but uh, I'm I'm down with Eubanks here because I liked what he was doing in San Antonio when he got a chance to play, and then he went to Portland and it really came through uh, consistently over and over again, even though no one seemed to really believe uh, that he was going to do it. So I'm I'm cool with with Eubanks. So. My vote actually does not matter, it turns out, but I am going to vote anyways because you guys have both voted on the same guy. Ezra Poku, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but he was only just inside the top 125 from March 1st onward, which is solid. He was playable, but the net result of his games was not as good as these other guys we mentioned. And if we were just doing this based on raw numbers, Bruce Brown would have to be the guy. He was clearly the best of this group, but... There's something about it that feels weird calling Bruce Brown a silly season guy because he's not on a silly season team. He just happened to emerge for a good team down the stretch. So to me, it does have to be one of the Blazers with apologies to Bruce Brown. I'm going to vote for my guy, Trendon Watford. But again, my vote doesn't matter. Silly season hero. It's been decided here. Drew Eubanks. Congratulations, Drew. Uh, come on down. Claim your award. Okay, we got one in the books. Next up is, and this is a big one, by the way, we're going big early. Sometimes in the award ceremonies, you put a big award early because you don't want the TV audience tuning out. This is the Jetty Pills Award, guys. This one is one of the big ones of the night of the day. It goes to a player who you pick up on waivers, sometimes multiple times. You know it is probably a bad idea, but you do it anyway. That is the Jetty Pills Award. goes to, I would propose one of these four players. You guys, please, as always, feel free to add other nominees. Jetty Osman, obviously, is a nominee. <laughs> Denny Avdia, a guy who was mentioned on this podcast no fewer than 125 times. Nick Claxton, similar story. And Isaac Okoro. Those are my top four. Jonas, do you have any you want to add to this list? I didn't add anyone, but <clears throat> for me, I think Chetty Osman is the clear favorite here. For me personally, <laughs> though, 
like just speaking from my uh, personal experiences this season, it's got to be Claxton because every time I picked up Claxton, just something catastrophic happened. Like yeah. the first time I picked him up, he's out for like a month, like this mysterious, they called it non-COVID illness. And like he was day to day and progressing nicely for the better part of six weeks with no other updates. So that was hilarious, uh, <laughs> tragic. I don't know all those words combined, but. I think Chetty and Claxton are the clear one and two for me right now. I mean, Chetty, one game, he give you 21 points, seven assists, two yeah. steals. The next he doesn't play. So that's pretty. That's a pretty hard bill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> um, BT Photo, who is watching the show right now, thinks that Chris Bosch Boucher should be on this list. And I that's... think BT Photo's onto something here because mm-hmm. – you can take Chris Boucher and you can take Alperin Shengun and you can pull 12 fantasy managers in the same league and ask them to raise their hands if they had either one of those guys on their team at some point this season. And probably nine of those guys are going to raise their hands. Yeah. And by the way, I really like the the Chris Bosch Boucher edition. We have another category coming up that I think we can put. That, that one's a little thin in terms of nominees. I think we can put... Boucher slash Bosch into that one. So let's stick with our yeah. four here because I, I do think there's an opportunity for for Bosch to make a run at another award here in a minute. So good suggestion <laughs> by BT Photo. Uh, Steve, well, where I, do you land on this one? To talk about these guys, Ike Koro in that five-game week, the first game he had in that week, he went nuts. He had a great game, did everything. Honestly, I didn't uh, have him rostered anywhere. I didn't really pay attention to the rest of his five-game week. But he did enough in that that one game to pretty much cover the whole week. So I I, I think really the only time people were taking a, a Coro pill was in that five-game week, or at least that's the only time I would have done it. Claxton, you know, he had some big games. He had some some letdowns. Denny Avdija, at least uh, – did I say that right? He at least came through at times at the end of the season. I mean, the, the Jetty Pills Award – in my estimation, should go to the Jetty Pill himself, Jetty mm-hmm. Osman. And let's be clear, it was always going to be very hard for anyone other than Jetty Osman <laughs> to win the Jetty Pills Award as long as Jetty Osman is playing in the league. I mean, I think yeah. we have a general consensus here. The Jetty Pills Award goes to Jetty Osman. And did we talked about him so many times this year too, man. How many times did we discuss <laughs> Jetty Osman this year? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. I remember I'm like, man, I'm picking him up. I'm throwing him out this this week, and Jonas is like, good luck, dude. <laughs> Twenty one night, it's, and then doesn't even play the next. And when he does, he gets seven minutes. Like, ugh. and and remember, this is not the letdown of the year. That a uh, right. little foreshadowing that's coming up in a second. This is the guy you pick up over and over again, even though you know it's a bad idea, and then you swallow the pill and you feel pretty bad afterwards. That's the Jetty Pills Award. Congratulations, Jetty. Uh, we've only handed out this. We did we hand out this award last year? I don't know. It feels like he's won it ten years in a row. But uh, <laughs> congratulations again! What an achievement! All right, as I, as I've alluded to, the next one kind of connects with the previous one. It's a waiver wire letdown and slightly different because again, that one you know it's a bad idea. You do it anyway. This is one where your hopes are really high. This should have worked out, right? The nominees I I proposed. The first name that came to me was Alperin Shengun. That was the first name that came to mind for me. Jonas. You suggested Isaiah Jackson. You can explain your reasoning in a second. And I think we're going to put Chris Boucher into this one as well. So, Jonas, what are your thoughts on this group? Can I add one more guy? Please. Ben Simmons. Personal experience, I burned a 
dollar FFAB <laughs> budget waiver on Ben Simmons. Okay. I think week one, and wow. I almost threw up. Um, wow. So <laughs> that was that was a tough pill to swallow too. So for me personally, it was Ben Simmons because we I stashed him all year, just waiting. <clears throat> and we just got update after update. Just oh, it was so hard. But I would say Sangoon for me is number one because. My, myself personally, I built him up so high in my mind, and then I had expressed it to others as well. And then it kind of like caught fire. And then everyone's expecting Sangoon to be Nikola Jokic in the second half of the season. And then he plays like 15 minutes a night, foul trouble. They don't play him next to Wood much. It was a disaster. So I think Sangoon for me is a clear, clear number one. Hmm. Yeah, the, the funny thing about this being called a waiver wire letdown is that Shingun and Boucher and Ben Simmons were all drafted in every league because mm-hmm. we were hyping Shingun. Boucher, uh, there were some changes in Toronto that should have vaulted him into a prominent role. And these guys were so bad, so trash that they ended up on the waiver wire early in the season and then bounced on and off of it all year long. And like I said, you could nine out of 12 guys in every league probably had Shen Goon on their, on their team at some point during the season. This should just be named the Alperin Shen Goon letdown award for future reference, because, you know, we, I, I don't think any of us thought there was any way he could, he could fail this miserably um, coming into the season. And, and, we hyped him as much as anybody. We were wrong. And just as our worst fears way back in November came to fruition, we're still talking about him in April um, as being a total bust. We were partially wrong, but I would also say the Rockets were wrong because for yeah. whatever reason, they just refused to play him you know, consistently with Christian Wood. And by the way, adding to the cruelness of this situation, if you just look at Alper and Shangun lately, it's too little too late for most of us. But he's actually... Like, had some big games down the stretch. He had a 27-point game, seven rebounds, three assists, a block. Last two games, he's averaging 14 points, 13 rebounds, four and a half assists, and a block. The last month, he's been pretty solid. So it happened too late for most of us, and that is obviously the definition of a letdown. So to me, this one is also a slam dunk. Yeah, I'm going right back to the well next year, though, man. Like, what he did, like, per minute this season is just ridiculous, man. A lot of talent. It's almost almost as if Jonas... Uh, heard what Yosemite Joey was saying. He's like, "Yeah, not too harsh on my Turkish king." Like, we're <laughs> all just slamming Alperin Shengun, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jonas is like, "But next no. year, well, I'm we're all slamming in the again. Rockets." In my in my view, we're slamming the Rockets because they Agreed. didn't play him because this guy is ridiculously good. Yeah, he is the player good. was and fine when he got his chance. The player was actually good yeah. when he got his chance. So. Yeah, this Alperin Shangun reminds me of a uh, like the Garth Garth Brooks song, "The Dance." Like, you know, next year we're gonna dance with Alperin Shangun and and we're gonna make memories, and it, it's gonna be a great love story. But I, yeah, I'm probably all in on Shangun again next year. But I don't know, man. Like, when are we drafting Alperin Shangun? I mean, you'll be able to get him pretty late. Well, I don't know. It depends what the rock are gonna look Sixth round? Yeah. No, and if Christian Eight? Wood is still there, Eight? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna approach with great caution. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll have to see on that one. Okay, one more award before we take a break. This one is stash of the year. 
interestingly enough, this is an award that Alperin Shangun easily could have won. He would have been the front runner for this award uh, had he not taken the letdown award instead. <laughs> I actually, my my nominees list is a little blank here. Jonas, Steve, do you guys have any ideas? Like who would have been the stash of the year? Who really panned yeah. out? I only got one. Uh, it's Kyrie Irving because personal experience, stashed him in a couple of leagues and he was so, so good when it mattered most, especially in the fantasy playoffs too. We had that 51 point game, I think, where he just like, hit almost every shot too so for that reason even though he only he was a part-time player for up into 90 percent of the season i still think it's Kyrie because what he did basically you got him for free and he comes in comes in and just wins your matchup by himself so for me i think it's Kyrie irving and for stashes in general this year i feel like it was kind of a weak year honestly so Kyrie for me no debate uh, that's a great call jonas because i got hit with a mike tyson uh right cross <clears throat> right off the bat in my matchup against Ryan Knauss when Kyrie Irving, who he stashed all year, had that 50-point explosion. My guys never recovered from it. We were dazed and confused for the rest of the week. And literally that game not ended my, my season in which I had the best team in the league and was en route to winning the, the draft show league. So, uh, and I, I would not – I don't have the patience to stash Kyrie Irving and sit on him for that long. And my my mindset is, well, one guy in one game is not going to make that big of a difference. But he legit did, and that's hard to do. And if you sat on Kyrie Irving and won your league, uh, you deserve you deserve what you got. I mean, he, he, he was awesome when he played. The one other name I'll mention, and I'm, I'm not going to vote against Kyrie here, but – if you wait, if you st- if you stashed Paul George, if you waited it out with Paul George, you got a couple explosive games, including his first game back, thirty four points, six assists, four steals, a block, and six threes. So there's a chance. I, there's a chance. I don't know if your league went to the end of March that Paul George came back and won you your league there at the very end. One more guy, uh, we got to mention Jonathan Isaac. If you had him on your team, you won turnovers every single week, guaranteed category win every single yeah. week. Yeah, so. man. And Jeez. I think about what could have been for, for Michael Porter Jr. too. That one mm-hmm. obviously didn't pan out um, as a stash. I had him on an IL spot or two like the whole season long. Mm-hmm. That was devastating. All right. We have more awards to come, including the shallow and standard league pickups of the year. First, we're going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. 
Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll contest for a chance to win $50,000 tonight. We're rolling out a special contest centered around the Hornets at the Bulls. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it right now. Guys, I didn't even tell you about this next one. And I'm going to once again ask you guys if you have ideas for nominees you want to add. It's the 10th Time is a Charm Award. This is goes to a player who got picked up and dropped so many times by people. He was in our waiver podcast so many times. Someone ended up with him at the exact right time. Basically, you ended up, you you landed on this, you, the wheel spun around and you landed up with this guy at the exact right time. You lucked out basically on a random pickup. To me, that guy is Davion Mitchell, um, who who for a while there was a, a contender for the, the Jetty Pills Award, honestly, but he finally broke through. Um, Whoever had him when the season ended for De'Aaron Fox lucked out big time. His last 10 games, 18.5 points, 8.5 dimes, some other good numbers in 39 minutes per game. So to me, he's the number one nominee for the 10th time as a charm award. Any other any other names come to mind there, Jonas? The only one I can think of off the top of my head is probably Devin Vassell, right? He was on that waiver wire column seemingly yeah. every week. He snuck by with top 100 value at times, and then he finally took off. I think it was like a month ago, too. He had those really big games, too, but... I think Davian Mitchell is a clear, the clear pick for this award, though, in my view. Steve? Yeah, I think uh, guys like DeAndre Hunter and maybe Dorian Finney-Smith were probably picked up and dropped a ton. I, I do think as far as who, who ended up having the most success out of this group, Davion Mitchell was, was kind of a monster in the fantasy playoffs just when we needed it most. Um, that's a, you made so, a compelling yeah. case for Vassell, though, Jonas. I mean, in terms of just pure nine-category value, Vassell actually mm-hmm. is better than Mitchell, partially because of all those turnovers for Mitchell and defensive right. stats, too. I stuck but, it I stuck it out with Vassell, though. I, I, did I, you? I, I never dropped him. In terms of the award, though, 10 times of charms, it really rings to David Mitchell because on the 10th time in, in this sense, like he just won your league, right? That, right. that last two right. weeks were just He just took off. Him. Yeah, he just yeah. took off. All right. Okay. Devin Vassell made a run at it, but we're giving it to Davion Mitchell. This next one is the the uh, Ye of Little Faith Award. And I have one nominee here, guys. It This one goes to a guy, if I recall correctly, you guys wanted no part of. You said he was bad. I picked him up anyways. Some of us picked him up anyways. And if you picked up Reggie Bullock in late January, you had a glorious two-week run where he averaged 17.3 points, five rebounds, 1.1 steals, 4.4 threes. You dropped it. You, you knew it was a lightning in the bottle situation. This is, we, we encounter guys like this every season, right? Where you know this can't last, but sometimes when you actually make that pickup, it does pay off. And in this case, it did. And I just wanted to acknowledge Reggie Bullock. Any thoughts? Yeah, I still go back to that that night. Doc was like, hey, man, some guy is roasting us for not hyping up Reggie Bullock and his latest player. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Doc, let me get back in there and spice it up a little bit. And I couldn't. <laughs> I physically couldn't write anything positive about Reggie. Uh, and it came back to bite me. So I want to add one name here, though. Please. Someone I didn't believe in at all, given the situation, was Trey Mann of the Oklahoma City Thunder, Right. At any point, I thought, you know what? They're going to yeah. get Josh Giddy back. They're going to get Dort back. They're going to get SGA back. It didn't happen, right? They shut down everybody. There was like one rain on Monday of the season, like three weeks ago. They shut down their entire team. Like, all right, you guys are done. Yeah. Trey Man had that 35-point, seven three-pointer game too. So I, I didn't believe in him, and now I definitely do. And then, of course, he gets shut down at some point too. I think it was late March, Trey gets shut down as well too. Correct. So, yeah. 
I was never really a big believer in KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. That's a good but one. Man, he was he he was solid for the, the entire second half of the year, maybe even more. Um so so that was that was good. Um I guess I guess that's that's where I'm at. The the Bullock thing is funny just because I don't remember what viewer it was, but he was like, dude, you I I can't believe you guys don't talk more about Bullock. Like he's so good. And and then I think probably all of us ended up picking him up at some point and rolling yeah. him out there. Matt, I, I have another question, sort of unrelated to this award, but well, can we can we finish this award first and then you ask your question? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. You know, I this award originated for me because of Reggie Bullock, but I might be leaning toward KCP here, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I was going to say the exact same thing. I just pulled up the last two months, and he's top 70, six-round value, man. 16.6 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two threes. Yeah. Got to give it to him. swooped in and got this thing. Wow. What a moment. KCP. What a moment. By the way, I like that. Trey Mann, if not for that shutdown, by the way, had a chance yeah. at multiple awards here today, uh, including this one, including the silly season hero. But that injury was just crushing for him. Mm-hmm. All right. So Contavious Caldwell Pope takes the Ye of Little Faith Award, uh, the inaugural. So proud of him. For how that. how many times did you watch the Office episode of the Dundies as you were Dundies. preparing for this show? Yeah. Because I'm like, I fell asleep a minute ago. I blacked out and I really thought that my son was watching the Dundies episode and, the, and I, I did. And then I woke up and I, I was looking at you. <laughs> I, I could only hope to put together an awards ceremony as good as the Dundies, to be honest with you. I could, I couldn't even dream. Whitest speakers yes. award. I remember it that. It did cross my mind. I did. I did think of the Dundies earlier during this particular ceremony. The whitest sneakers award. Who are we giving that to? Mm. That's so good. Someone who hasn't played Man. this year. I don't know. Sangoon. <laughs> some some tourist on the Delanaga Square wearing white New Balances. How about that? <laughs> All right. Uh, according to my list, we only have two left here, guys. We have the shallow league pickup of the year. As subject, by the way, much debate, which I'll talk about in a second. And the deeper slash standard league pickup of the year. Jonas, I'm going to let you kind of take over and lead here because this is kind of what your column addresses on NBC Sports Edge. I'll yeah. just say this. There's a name here that set off a Twitter chain of, of a lot of replies here last week around this time. It took me about an hour and a half to to filter through all of those. So set this up for us. Set up the shallow league pickup of the year and your thoughts. Yes. So for the shallow league pickup of the year, these are guys with ADP usually in the high. No, sorry. Early 100. So think like 120, 130 range. So they may have been picked up or drafted in your competitive league, but in most cases they weren't. And I came up with two names and they were head and shoulders above everyone else. Desmond Bain Mm -hmm. and Tyrese Maxey. I would go Bain number one and Maxey number two. Uh, Obviously Bain was on pace right now, 95 spots ahead of his ADP, right? Fourth round per game, second round total value completely dominated this year on both ends of the court. Uh, insane three-point shooting, really good steal numbers too. Like that was a, a bit of a surprise compared to last year. Yeah. Super efficient as well. Bain is the clear number one for me. And then Maxi, even after they got hard and he had that like five game run where he was just still dominant, right? Feasting in transition. And Doc Rivers made a point and said like, well, Maxi's been an off-ball player all of his life. I think people were, they shouldn't have been caught off guard how good he was off the ball too. And that's on me as well. Uh, so yeah, 
Bain and Maxi, number one and two. I don't think there's anyone close to getting in this conversation for Shadow League Pick of the Year. Yeah, I agree um, completely. And <laughs> Bain is the answer. If we if we if we don't go Bain, uh, our Twitter followers are going uh, yeah. to revolt and kill us. So I'm not even really going to consider Maxi at this point. It's Desmond Bain's award all day, um, and and Tyrese Maxi. Shout out to Scott P. Apples. Shout out to Tyrese himself. Even when the changes to that team happened and it made sense that he would take a hit, at least somewhere, he really didn't. He just kept yeah. on powering through it, playing alongside James Harden. Like, Harden wasn't even there. It was it was pretty right. cool. I, I was happy to see Maxie do that. And I was also pleased that Maxie showed up this year as I drafted him on every single one of my teams. So, Way to go, Tyrese. Yeah, and I mean, even though most of us didn't, in our particular leagues, Bain was drafted. Mm -hmm. As I said, as I alluded to, the Twitter chain, the the Twitter replies that were going off were all Bain, 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 Bain. So that's why we did a shallow pickup of the year, because in some shallower leagues, this guy probably was a very early waiver pickup and uh, a likely league winner for some people. So a runaway for Bain. Deeper slash standard league pickup of the year, Jonas. I have a few names written down, but I want to hear your your uh, group of names first, and let's try to make a decision yep. here. So my top three names, and then I'll, I'll mention some some guys that I considered. Top three names for me, not in any order, were Bobby Portis, Anthony mm-hmm. Simons, and Herb Jones. Um, some guys I considered adding to this list were Franz Wagner, Josh mm-hmm. Hart, uh, Drew Eubanks, who's a silly season guy, Watford, obviously. And then Brunson and Cole Anthony were kind of like just throw-ins as well. And you can also throw mm-hmm. in Cam Johnson, who I thought had a really good year in Phoenix as well, apart from the injuries. But for me, I think Bobby Portis, Anthony Simons, and Herb Jones stand above the rest. I mean, Herb came out of completely nowhere, right? Wasn't drafted in any league I was a part of. I'm in 20 leagues, right? Complete nobody coming into the year. Turns into this two-way stud. Uh, Anthony Simons, if you picked him up around, what was it, December, January, like you won all those matchups. He was just ridiculous. 30 point games, five triples, uh, five plus assists each night. And then Bobby Portis, right? From opening night, yeah. the opening night pickup of the year, essentially, when Brooke Lopez yeah. went down, was a fifth round player this year. So those three guys for me, clear winners. I'm going to throw my vote in the hat for Anthony Simons just because. I felt like I was sort of the conductor driving that train. I I knew Damian Lillard was in trouble. I was like, Anthony Simons is going to end up being the the pickup of the year. And I'm only going to vote for him because I want my prediction to to be true. Uh, But man, Portis was, was so good. And Herb Jones was, was um, Herb Jones didn't still, even at the end of the season, didn't get the love he probably deserved because he, he didn't score very many points. He was not, in the highlight reels, he, he really didn't even hardly know he was out there, but he, he, and he probably made bigger impacts on games than he actually made in box scores, which is even more impressive because his box scores were not, were not bad. He was, he's, he did a little bit of everything all the time. I yes. Guess. There were so many games where teams would shoot like one of 10 or one of 12 when Herb was the primary defender. I remember specifically this one game against Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz literally couldn't score on Herb, and I thought that was really hilarious too. But uh, I'm curious to see what you say, Matt, because I may be the swing vote here. So I want to see what you say as your guy. 
Well, I just want to mention one other name that I don't think should win, but I do think needs to be mentioned at some point during this podcast, and that's Ayo Desunmu, who was really good for a, a yeah. stretch of the season there. Again, didn't didn't have a long enough run of mm-hmm. of sort of excellence, but he was he was a really strong waiver pickup. Yes. There. You know, to me, I really like a lot of these options. I mean, I could make a case for Brunson, Cole Anthony. Herb Jones, Franz Wagner, who was a basically immediate the second the season started pick up as well. Mm-hmm. He it was like, oh, Wagner's the guy there. Get go get him. To me, it's Bobby Portis. I mean, you know, this is a guy's inside what he's he's borderline top sixty in nine category leagues for the season. Um, the only, I mean, you can if you want to knock something in his stat line, like seventy five percent free throw shooting, only point seven steals and point seven blocks, but neither one of those really bothers you. So guy who averaged almost 15 and nine with good field goal percentage you're two threes per game and as you said jonas you got him night one when brooke lopez went down so yeah. I, i'm voting for bobby portis here yeah i think my vote's going to be for bobby portis as well like obviously simon's is hot his peak was higher than any of these guys mentioned but yeah. like yeah from night one until it sucks though because like the second that fancy playoffs started brooke lopez was back and then bobby was a nobody again i know i know but, yeah, I'm still going to lean towards Bobby just for the longevity, too. We got, what, five, six months of fifth-round value out of him. So for that reason, it's got to go with Bobby Portis. Simons is and, a close second and number three. And and by the way, Bobby Portis did take a hit, but it's but just looking through his game log, he's still been playable the last month yeah. or so. You know, he turned into more of a late-round guy mm-hmm. than mid-round guy. But, yeah, Steve Steve's internet started glitching ever since we didn't give this award to Anthony Simons. I think he's pretty yeah. upset. He's smashed his router with, with Steve. Yeah, Steve just hit his router with a Here's hammer. When we, you've you've started getting a little pixelated and glitchy, and yeah, you hit your router with a mallet. I assume when we <laughs> we we've, we've basically finished, fortunately. And I was going to ask Steve if we had any viewer comments to get to before we go, but Steve's. I can look at uh, Oh, you yes. know what? We didn't mention Vanderbilt. We got to at least mention Vanderbilt as a nominee. Yeah, I thought he was, I mean, up until what last month when he really slowed down, Vanderbilt was a guy that was getting you double-digit boards, uh, one mm-hmm. or two steals a night, high field goal percentage. And on the season, I think he's like a seventh or eighth rounder too in like only 26 minutes. So Vanderbilt, yeah. at least what? in the discussion, is a nominee. Late entry, I'm receiving an envelope, Jonas. The graduation award, he is going to go to, well, assuming you agree, Jared Vanderbilt. Now, remember, this is a guy who a couple of seasons ago was kind of the, he was a Jetty Pills guy, like mm-hmm. pick him up, drop him. Ah, I can't trust him. Oh, he had a 12-rebound game. Great, I'll add him. Nope, got to drop him. Steve's gone. It's official. He's very upset about this Anthony Simons <laughs> thing. Um, so I would argue that we Vanderbilt graduated. He graduated to yeah. being legit. He was not even a waiver guy there. Like he was a guy you had to have on your team for a lot of mm-hmm. the season before it inevitably fell apart. And it was supposed to be so. Jaden McDaniels too. Like Jaden McDaniels came into the the season with all the hype, and it was Vanderbilt who stole the show. Yeah, Steve, we just gave Vando we just gave Vando a uh, late award. We made it up and we gave it to him. The graduation award. He graduated from being a a Jetty Pills guy, a frustrating waiver guy, to a legit guy you want on your roster. What are your thoughts? Well, before I got kicked off the podcast, uh, somebody had mentioned Jared Vanderbilt in the comments. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. awesome. Nice. Any other viewer comments we want to quickly get to before we go? They probably disappeared well, for Doc. They all got wiped studio. out. Yeah. Okay. They all got they all got wiped out. But I had a quick Io Desumu 
tidbit. When I was in Key West visiting my son, there was like a 15-year-old kid walking down the street wearing an Io DeSumo jersey. It was the only nice. NBA jersey I saw in my week in Florida. And uh, I, I, I yelled out the window of the kid. I'm like, nice shirt, bro. And uh, he, he loved it. He was pretty fired up. But somebody knew who Iowa was. That's awesome. Wait, where were you? Oh, you were in you were in Key West, right? Yes. Yeah. It's where we did last week's podcast from. Right. I'm going to add an okay. award. It's the Why Do You Doubt Me Award. It goes to DeAnthony Melton, who finished as a ninth rounder in 22 minutes. And then total value, he is a seventh rounder in 22 minutes this year. Congratulations, DeAnthony Melton. You were awesome. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> invent some sort of award where – Jaron Jackson Jr. wins it every year. Luka Doncic wins it every year. I guess for you, Matt, it would be Trey Young. I don't know. Uh, but we, sh- we should have an award where we make sure our, our favorite players get some get some props at the end of the season. And I do think we should – we're going to uh, – I think we should just promise right now we're going to do a bigger uh, fantasy awards show maybe next week. Uh, I we'll think talk that's about what Ryan has planned for you guys anyway, right? A bigger yeah. award show or something like that. Yeah, we we need we we're gonna do a bigger uh, awards show, not just waiver wire awards. We'll expand this out yeah. to uh, you know fantasy MVP, all that good stuff. So that is still to come during the uh, during the playoffs and uh, off season ahead. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Steve Aaron Jackson Jr. Luca, let's go. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We're we'll back on Monday of next week talking play-in, playoffs, and much more. In the meantime, make sure you check out Jonas's latest waiver wired column, last waiver wired column, right, Jonas? On NBC Sports yeah. Edge, last one. Feels good, man. Uh, a good draft will get you into the championship, but the waiver wire will win your league. Hundred percent. Always believe that. All right. Well, on that note, I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. Jonas, Steve, thanks, guys. This was fun. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.